You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, on last week's episode of the Paracast, Chris wasn't around because he had a 10-day flu virus. And now, I don't know what's happened here. Because I live, you know, a couple of hours away from Chris, but now I have my flu virus in its third day. So I don't know. I just think there's a secret plot. I don't think I had the flu, Gene. I actually had like a bronchitis. I was all achy, and but my stomach was fine. But I'm back in the saddle now, so we'll we'll kind of take charge today and kind of let you off the hook. We don't want to interrupt your 10-year weekly streak of being on as the host of the Paracast without missing a single show, which is an amazing record. Well, I'll just sort of hang out here and definitely not say very much. I'll let you do all the work. But I'll run the controls. I think I can handle that. Okay. Well, this is uh, our guest today. Eric Ouellette is uh, definitely my kind of guy. <laughs> We're going to have some fun. Oh, yes. Oh, the yes. book is called Illuminations, the UFO or UFO Experience as a parapsychological event. And the book has a forward by Jenny Randalls. We haven't heard much from Jenny Randalls in recent years. Yeah. Let's introduce our guest. Uh, Eric, is that correct? I don't have the cover in front of me. Yes, it is actually a parapsychological event. Yes. Now, this is not a large book. It's 215 pages. But there's a lot of meat there, and we're going to go through it and kind of discuss how he got involved in the field and the second thing is how Jenny Randalls came to do the introduction to the book, the forward. In fact, let's talk about that first, Eric. Okay. Well, we contacted Jenny uh, because uh, her approach to the paranormal in general and UFO in particular is, uh, I would say, similar. So we contacted her, and she was very happy to uh, to write the, the preface. And she, when she wrote to me, she said that uh, she really came to very similar conclusions after many, many years of research. And uh, she's uh, hoping that, uh, especially on our side of the Atlantic, uh, these kind of views would be more diffused than, uh, or more known. She feels that in Europe, um, those views are maybe more common, but definitely on our side, it's not. Well, of course, as we've often said on here in the Paracast, the opinion that gets the most presence, even though we don't necessarily agree with it, is that it's all E.T. E.T. is here, and that's it. There's a little bit more to it. Uh, she was also uh, encouraging people on our side of the Atlantic to have a much more open um, view about UFOs and the paranormal in general. Uh, if compared to people on her side of the Atlantic. So there is also some, uh, I would say, uh, cross-Atlantic uh, pollination that we're trying to do as well. Let's take it back to the beginning real briefly here. How did you get involved in studying UFOs? Uh, it's, a, it's a complicated story, but I had some experience when I was a kid. I did not see a UFO, but uh, I was watching my brothers seeing a UFO, and I couldn't get an access to the, uh, the binoculars, even though I bugged them so much. And uh, finally, when I saw the, I got the, um, the binoculars, I could not see a UFO. Uh, so it marked me quite a bit. Um, then time has passed, and then when I did my PhD uh, studies, I met a friend who was very much into UFOs, and that's where I started to go back to my interests, and I, I started to read uh, avidly on UFOs. 
Although uh, I became quite disappointed that um, the ETH was uh, so dominant and had so little to show for in terms of evidence. And on top of that, there was a time, it was in the 1990s, at the time where the conspiracy theory was reaching uh, levels of uh, delusion uh, never seen before. Uh, so I decided, well, you know what, let's start to study these things from a different perspective because uh, we're going nowhere now with uh, ETH, the ETH and the, um, the conspiracy theories. Why don't you give, it, give us an example or, or examples of how many... Uh, conspiracy theories that you count um, as being predominant or, or valid uh, sociologically? Well, the, the, the conspiracy theories that are actually um, uh, valid are the ones that are, of course, proven. Uh, I, the obvious one is uh, if we think about the Watergate. There was people starting to speculate about uh, President Nixon's and his use of uh, former CIA operatives, and it took two journalists uh, working on it part-time to figure it out in two years. Uh, so this is a, a conspiracy, a real one, uh, that was uh, uh, open and, and, and disclosed quite quickly. Uh, and it's very hard to hide things, actually. There's always someone who has a, an issue with his or her conscience and will talk. And then we'll show evidence and we can disclose in the case of UFOs, it's always murky, uh, it's always inconclusive, uh, it's always the cousin or the brother or the sister living three doors away that heard something in a bar. I mean, really, uh, these are a phenomena that are not based on facts, but based on rumors, and then those rumors get to life on their own. So, um, so there are conspiracies that are real, and they are founded uh, relatively quickly. Well, the other ones are rumors, and they're more along the lines of mythology, creating urban myths, uh, like right. a, the example I gave. Well, how about the, um, the ever-present theory that um, many of these, uh, what appear to be nuts and bolts sightings, are actually uh, some sort of exotic military secret technology, um, aerial platforms, psychotronic weapons platforms that are trotted out to, to you know, sort of garner some sort of response from uh, a particular target area um, of the unsuspecting public. I mean, that to me is, at least in this country, is one of the predominant, uh, if you want, conspiracy theory uh, that attempts to explain at least some UFO sightings. Where do you come down on the, the whole idea of exotic, uh, you know, real nuts and bolts, human-derived technology? Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that there are a number of sightings that were actually um, aircrafts or drones or other uh, flying uh, machines created by humans uh, that were perceived as odd and then people thought that they were uh, UFOs from another world. Um, definitely. Uh, is it the majority? No, I would think it's a small minority because uh, working with the military, I know that in these kinds of situations, they try to uh, use these equipment in, in remote places where they can use it and see if it works. Because obviously, if ordinary citizens can watch these things, then uh, the enemies, the Soviet Union during the Cold War and others, uh, could also, also watch and see what's going on. So... They count for some, yes, but uh, I would not say many. Well, once uh, some of this equipment is deemed operational and viable, I would think if it's of an exotic nature, they'd want to, 
you know, trot it out and test it, you know, over some sort of uh, public airspace to gauge uh, response to see if people report it as a UFO, how they describe it, whether they file a report with their local uh, law enforcement, whether uh, civilian UFO groups are called, whether the media picks it up, uh, whether it, the sighting is, uh, you know, sort of taken into the media and then put they put their inevitable spin on it and disseminate it out into the culture. Um, this is one area that I've, I've done quite a bit of uh, active research and thinking about. Um, and I do, I do agree with you that at least a certain portion of sightings are misidentified, um, you know, exotic technology. Well, I think the, the, the adage that you hear most often is that we are only aware of uh, technology that has been operational for 15 to 20 years. Things that are operation, operational now, if the formula is correct, won't be publicly acknowledged for another 15 or 20 years. So that, <laughs> with the, you know, the pace of technology and, and development of uh, you know scientific principles behind some of these technologies, uh, you can really accomplish a lot in in a generation uh, before then you allow the public to know about it. Let's have that example in our next segment. Okay. Our guest is Eric Willett. The book is Illuminations. You're on with Sheen and Chris. You're in The Paracast. I know that a lot of our listeners are interested in UFOs, the issue of giant skeletons found in America, paranormal investigations, and what the top researchers think about such topics. One online magazine has been presenting such unusual information since 1985. It is Alternate Perceptions Magazine at apmagazine.info. Use their search function to find articles on just about every topic imaginable. That's apmagazine.info. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Dr. Joe Wallach is not your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Dr. Wallach asks, why does America spend more money on health care by far and yet ranks 50th in health and longevity worldwide? The doctor believes that people should be empowered with a basic understanding of nutrition, then take charge of their life to attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects, requiring more toxic prescription drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies, to our own destruction no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people and have joined forces to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit GCNminerals.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's Deadly Recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense, and I invite you to join the GCN Minerals team. Go to GCNminerals.com. That's GCNminerals.com. 
Today, more than ever, it's imperative that you protect your digital privacy. EDEC Digital Forensics Signal Blocking Anti-Radiation Anti-Surveillance Faraday Bags shield the contents of your phones, tablets, and key fobs from 4G, Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, NFC, and more. Find us at edecdf.com slash radio or call us now at 805-222-4584. That's 805-222-4584. Radio listeners get 20% off your order. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, I'm kind of under the weather, big time, so we're letting Chris do the work. But I'm still here, so therefore, I still keep the schedule. <laughs> so You're a real speak. trooper, Gene. I'm something I haven't figured out what yet, Chris. Okay. As we were uh, going into break, I was discussing the likelihood that at least uh, some percentage of sightings that are reported, at least in, in North America, could be exotic military technology that is uh, still secret and classified. A good example would be a number of years ago, I think three or four years ago, the CIA uh, made the big announcement that the SR-71 Blackbird was probably responsible for, and they made the amazing statement that all UFO sightings uh, could be attributed to the SR-71 Blackbird. To me, that's that's kind of ludicrous because they fly at such a high altitude in a straight line. They're ballistic in nature. They don't exhibit uh, you know non-ballistic behavior. But it does kind of give a little bit of insight into the thinking of uh, of the national security apparatus. You go into the book really looking at the UFO phenomenon based on work that has already been done in the realm of parapsychology. And I think you do a very, very good job of showing how PK events, uh, psychokinesis, um, other psi events um, actually could be overlaid onto the UFO phenomenon. I'm sure, you know, over the course of the show, we're going to get into all that. But um, why don't you first uh, give us a background on your thinking, how it developed from that initial almost 
sighting experience that you had that you watched your brothers have. How did you develop into the scientist that we now see today who is really groundbreaking in, in attempting to uh, explain things with more of a parapsychological explanation. Well, what was your what was your development like? Well, in reading uh, both uh, UFO uh, literature and uh, the parapsychology literature, one thing that struck me very strongly is uh, how, especially a UFO wave, so large amount of sightings, the, these events tend to, if you look at the general structure of the events, the team seems to be very similar to the the poltergeist event or where things are moving around in the house and people don't understand what's going on. On the surface, these events seem very different. So um, people perceive the objects in the sky on one hand and on the other hand, they start to see the furniture moving by itself or electric, electric equipment starting on its own in a family house. But if you look at the structure of those events, uh, the unfolding is very, very similar. And that's why I started to have a hunch that there is something that is actually more along the lines of the paranormal when we look at UFOs, rather than something uh, from outer space. And of course, there is this strong argument that if you look at the uh, UFOs from an ETH perspective, then you need to have either tissue sample that's not from this earth or a piece of equipment that's not from this earth. And in over 70 years of uh, modern ufology, we have absolutely nothing to show for. So combining all these ideas together, I'm starting to see that, yeah, maybe parapsychology has actually a lot to offer to understand UFOs. Well, and that leads us back to that question of potential government involvement. There's many true believer types out there in the ETH that are convinced of the conspiracy theory that uh, the government has actually recovered alien technology, recovered bodies, and some stories even live aliens. But of course, all this is classified and, and we'll never know about it. Um, I think your argument there is that uh, too many people would have to be involved and somebody would uh, grow a conscience and, and spill the beans. That's correct. And actually, I did uh, look at um, other governments because a lot of the conspiracy theories is coming from the United States. But many, many governments around the world had to deal with the UFO phenomena. And they started studies about that, sometimes big, sometimes small. But uh, and they all came to some conclusion. That's that's the strength of, uh, I would say, all that international research, so to speak, on UFOs is that Whatever it is, it's not dangerous, it's not a threat to national security, and it's so elusive, so hard to study, that really it's not up to the military to deal with that. So a very different perspective from the conspiracy theory, but the government of the United States, in my view, had in, the, in general the same approach. Yes, they had more interest in UFO than they were willing to say in, many years ago. In the end, they, had, they came to the same conclusion. It's not dangerous. It's don't know what it is. But we're not going to study something that is so flimsy, so hard to, to understand. You mentioned early on in your book, which I highly recommend to our listeners, this is one of the more important books, in my estimation, that have come out in actually many years, going all the way back to uh, some of Valet's work, some of the work of, as you point out here, Jerome Clark and Lauren Coleman, there's an, an interesting quote in here uh, from a work that they co-authored together in the uh, mid-70s that they felt that the objective manifestations of UFOs are psychokinetically generated byproducts of those unconscious processes which shape a culture's vision of the other world existing only temporarily 
they are at best only quasi-physical. I think that that kind of sums up possibly a doorway in which you can open into a whole new world of understanding about these objects, which you absolutely dive in, into <laughs> feet first. Why don't you explain, first of all, where those connecting points are uh, between the paraphysical, the not quite subjective, not quite objective, but as George Hansen, uh, myself and others uh, love the word liminal, which is like standing in the doorway and not being either in one room or another room, and then uh, some sort of trigger kind of sets you off in one direction, either subjectively or objectively, depending on, on the amount of information you have and depending on your kind of pre-designed uh, wants and desires about the, about the subject. Why don't we uh, kind of look at parapsychology and then how it's liminal and how that can be applied to the UFO phenomenon? The, the key idea here is that when we talk about parapsychological event, we're talking about information that is received by non-normal means, so think about telepathy here, or information that is modified by non-normal means. Here's maybe more complicated to understand, but when an object is moving, it has a direction, has a composition. This is information. So if you change the composition of an object or its direction, you're actually changing the information about it. So that's the perspective here that's taken. So when we think about UFO, I can see there are two ways that this can happen. There might be something physical, earth lights, uh, balls of lightning, some sort of plasma, or even a regular plane or helicopter in the sky, or there's actually no physical object. What makes it a parapsychological event is that people see in those objects, if there are, or in their quote-unquote hallucination, they obtain information about uh, something that through non-normal means. And what I mean by that is that if you have more than one observers that are not connected to each other and they see a UFO, whether there is, again, an object behind it or not, and they come to see the object uh, by giving a similar description, and yet they were not in the same direction or there was no objects, then there's something happened. They shared information telepathically or they had some sort of premonition or clairvoyance. So that's what makes it parapsychological, is that is the information they share or the information they receive uh, about an object. We've got more to come with Eric Willett and Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, 
get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Chronic inflammation is now known to block your ability to repair and compromises your immune system, making you more vulnerable to all diseases. Since poor diet, injuries, or stress are all contributing factors, many people suffer from inflammation. Your body's number one means of neutralizing inflammation and the pain that it may be causing is glutathione. Glutathione is the body's number one peptide to neutralize free radicals and thus stop inflammation. Hi, my name is Jason. I'm 44 years old. For 10 years, I had been suffering from chronic pain in my abdomen and groin that radiated down into my feet. After three weeks on One World Way, the pain in my feet reduced by 50% and the overall pain in my body reduced significantly significantly as well. I ran out of One World Way and the pain returned. I got another container and again, after three weeks, the pain reduced significantly throughout my body. I'd highly recommend One World Way to anyone dealing with chronic pain due to inflammation. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Today, more than ever, it's imperative that you protect your digital privacy. EDEC Digital Forensics Signal Blocking Anti-Radiation Anti-Surveillance Faraday Bags shield the contents of your phones, tablets, and key fobs from 4G, Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, NFC, and more. Find us at edecdf.com slash radio or call us now at 805-222-4584. That's 805-222-4584. Radio listeners get 20% off your order. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we have Eric Willett. The book is called Illuminations. Chris? Uh, Eric, go ahead and, um, and kind of pick up where you left off. We were talking about how these things are related, uh, uh, parapsychology and um, uh, PK-type events and, and the UFO phenomenon. 
Yes. So the uh, if there's an object, uh, especially if, if these objects are um, of a strong electromagnetic uh, nature, it can induce hallucinations. Um, there's a lot of research on that. But that hallucination doesn't mean that the, the person is crazy. It means that the person uh, sees things and, and whatever that person sees may contain information. Uh, that is transmitted either to another person or an information about the future. So that's where the parapsychological aspects start to show. If there is no object, again, we have an hallucination, but it may be shared by more than one people. Okay. I'll give you a specific example. Recently in uh, Hamilton, uh, Ontario, Canada, very recently, there was uh, two groups of people in two different cars uh, at the very busy intersections, who saw a UFO very close. Uh, I would say, to use Hynek uh, topologies, was a, uh, an encounter of the first kind. And yet, only these two groups of people saw it, and there was a very busy intersection in the middle of the day. And those two groups contacted um, a UFO uh, and paranormal organization locally, not knowing of each other's what was going on. So here's an interesting case. Was there something physical in the sky? Probably not, because otherwise other people would have seen it and it would have been in the news right away. Doesn't mean that nothing uh, anomalous happened? Absolutely not. I mean, if two groups of people independently see something and provide the same description, then we have to conclude that they shared information through non-normal means, which we call telepathy, if you want. So that's what makes... UFO events interesting is because of this uh, access to information through non-normal means. You know, you mentioned that um, in the book that, um, you know, electromagnetic uh, energy can have an effect on human cognition. And uh, it, but doesn't there have to be <laughs> some sort of source of the emanations? I mean, if if these are, you know, manifestations of of some sort of misidentification or, or uh, delusion or, uh, you know, some sort of, I don't know, sort of hallucinatory uh, experience, doesn't there have to be some sort of energy uh, generator that's creating these EM effects that then, the, uh, you know, affect the mind? Indeed, there has to be a source. The research on the topic is still evolving right now, but there are some... Uh, known sources so you can think about um, uh, power towers uh, radars station as well as more exotic natural phenomena like earth lights balls of uh, lightnings and we think maybe some uh, variation in uh, geomagnetic um, uh, the natural earth geomagnetic field may have an impact on the brain there was a research done recently about the uh, haunting castle where there was a ghost that was seen by many, many people uh, over decades. And yet they saw that the ghost was um, always seen when the person was in bed, in the same bed. So they did some research about the geomagnetic field uh, where normally the person would put his or her head on the bed. And they saw a very significant variation in the geomagnetic field, which provides some interesting perspective that it doesn't need to have a very powerful source like being just beside a radar station to create that kind of uh, effects on the brain. 
you know, of course, a skeptic would argue or the or the uh, ETH believer would argue that because UFO reports are so or UAP reports, I think, as you point out, uh, and very justifiably so is a more accurate, I think, acronym, which is unidentified aerial phenomenon or AAO, anomalous aerial uh, objects, because of the wide distribution of sighting reports from all over the world, doesn't that kind of nullify any sort of uh, cell towers, uh, you know, power lines? I mean, if you're in the middle of Central Africa and you don't even have phone lines anywhere near you, you know, uh, ground lines or hard lines, uh, or any any sort of machinery capable of producing the type of uh, EM fields that we're talking about, how do you ex- explain that? You know, a guy on a safari driving along, sees an object, it gets close to him, his engine dies, uh, the object uh, then as it departs, the engine comes back on. Um, there's a lot of examples of very, very well-documented sightings that you would kind of have to scratch your head because they're, I don't think they're, in at least uh, some cases, I don't think there's any explanation for the type of effects that could be attributed to some sort of EM field and the, you know, the the human reaction or response to that field. Well, I'm not saying that every single observation is caused by that. I never said that in my book, and I'm not saying that now. What I'm saying is that sources of electromagnetic fields and includes the geomagnetic fields, and uh, so that it's more spread than we think. That's what I'm saying. So that's the, that, let's be clear on that. The second point about that is the, uh, the fact that oftentimes people are also in a what we call an altered state of consciousness. So they are like more or less in trance, which is a, a state of mind where hallucinations are more likely to happen. And when I say hallucination, again, I'm not saying that the input that gets in the brain of the person is is uh, fully is um, not coming from the outside. Yes, they may actually get some message telepathically, uh, but the point is that there are all kinds of things that can create altered state of consciousness. Electromagnetic fields is one of them, but it might be some just normal person that they are more prone to that, so it's easier for them to be in state of trance. And then the other circumstances are such that they're something that they can start to see that looks like a UFO. So geomagnetic energy and, and electromagnetic energy is only one piece of the equation. And I, in my book, I think I'm pretty clear that saying that's one part of it, but it's far from being everything. Yeah, I understand that, and and I was just pointing out that there are a lot of a lot of uh, reports that that um, would you would have to go in another direction to try to explain the kinds of you know human response to the phenomenon and how that phenomenon interacts with uh, the witness or witnesses in this example. It just strikes me uh, because I've had a number. Of reports, I, I've been a, a field investigator for ten solid years back in the '90s, and I had a number of cases where groups of witnesses, um, when interviewed separately about a particular event, they tended to have some of the general um, information, uh, usually color, uh, size, that sort of thing. Uh, fairly, they they fairly, uh, I think, consistently agreed. But when it came to duration, uh, sequence of events. Um, the type of, of, of feeling that they got, th- they were all over the map. And there were even, uh, there was a couple of reports where a group of people, and, and, and 
you know, only a certain number of the people were able to actually experience uh, the sighting event. The others didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> so that, of course, indicates to me that there's some sort of uh, social psycho uh, element going on. And, uh, you know, I think a little later on, obviously, we're going to get into that. But, uh, you know, th the way you start the book out, I really, really appreciate because you look at, um, for instance, the poltergeist phenomenon and how you can break it down. Um, and, and you came up with your, uh, well, it's, it's called recurrent spontaneous psychokinetic effects in, in hauntings, for example. And let's go ahead and look at RSPK and how that is fairly predictable um, in terms of a, a model of, of outlining how particular events um, uh, you know, are expressed, uh, for lack of a better word, and then how that expression seems to be organized. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think that's really important for people to understand that there is an apparent connection in terms of UFO waves and uh, how a poltergeist, uh, a series of poltergeist events, for instance, seem to mimic one another in a bell curve. Let's break here, and we'll continue with Eric Willett and Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180.
Today, more than ever, it's imperative that you protect your digital privacy. EDEC Digital Forensics Signal Blocking Anti-Radiation Anti-Surveillance Faraday Bags shield the contents of your phones, tablets, and key fobs from 4G, Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, NFC, and more. Find us at edecdf.com slash radio or call us now at 805-222-4584. That's 805-222-4584. Radio listeners get 20% off your order. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we have Eric Willett, the author of Illuminations. Chris, you want to finish that comment before we go on? Yeah, we were going to uh, dive into um, looking at uh, uh, haunting events and um, I think most more specifically poltergeist events. And we're going to look at how uh, the onset of events, there's a bell curve that seems to take place, which is eerily reminiscent, uh, pardon the pun, of uh, how UFO waves tend to uh, begin uh, come to a, a peak or a crescendo and then and then fade away or start to uh, fade away, uh, for lack of a better word. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I owe a lot to uh, a parapsychologist uh, in Germany. His name is uh, Walter von Lukadu, who uh, studied uh, poltergeist for many, many years. And he actually is a, both a psychologist and a physicist, and he's running a, a clinic in Germany to study uh, poltergeist. What he noted over the years is that there's always the same kind of bell curve, as you see, happening. At first, there's a surprise. People uh, see strange things, but they're not really sure what's going on in their house. Uh, things seem to move, or the kids say there's something happening. So they're not, not sure really what's going on. But then the, the phenomena starts to get bigger and bigger, and then way more obvious and ostentatious. 
uh, and that usually at that point, they had a chance to talk to their neighbors and other people. And eventually, what uh, von Lukadu calls the uh, naive observers, so the, the believers in uh, spirits and ghosts and all this, arrives on the scene, try to help the family, quote unquote. And then they start to inject all kinds of paranormal explanations based on non human entities involved in the house. And at that point, Usually, the anomaly becomes way bigger. There's now uh, things are moving by themselves very often. There's big uh, noise in the house that cannot be explained, and so on. And then, as the story gets known, uh, then the more critical observers arrive on the scene. Uh, sometimes uh, university professors, others some more skeptics, and they start to ask more stringent questions. They start to observe things in, in a more skeptical way. And then usually at that time is where the, uh, the intensity of the phenomena drops sharply. There's way less noise, there's way less moving things. And that's also at the time that some observation of cheating or hoaxing or, or a catch, that person that seems to be at the center of all this, we think that maybe starts to like the attention he or she's getting. And then uh, because the phenomena was declining, try to compensate with hoaxing. And then eventually the last part is when the society in general or the authorities or the, the social services gets involved. And then they declare this is all a hoax and it's all in fam just a normal family issues. And they put the lid over it and that's the end. Uh, there's no more events going on. What is powerful about his, his approach is that people or the different kind of people involved influence uh, I would say the intensity of the belief that this is some sort of entity that is behind it or influence the reverse belief that there's nothing abnormal going on. And it seems to be that this the, this uh, psychical energy of all those people believing and then being overrun by the non-believer, that seems to be what dictates the intensity of the, uh, the phenomena. And like you mentioned, I've seen that same kind of scenario in, in a number of UFO waves. Specifically, which UFO waves has this similarity been observed? Uh, in the book, I, I'm looking at two major UFO waves, uh, the Washington, D.C., 1952, and the Belgian UFO wave of 1989-1991. And then I use the same model for, I would not call it the wave, but uh, the uh, uh, Rendlesham UFO incident of 1980. This, all kinds of similar types of patterns can be seen once we pay close attention to uh, the unfolding of events. Specifically, Rendlesham, we've discussed that quite a few times here. Yes, well, it, it, the thing is that in Rendlesham, we have a very similar situation where you have the first uh, people, the first night, who see something, and then, very weird, uh, they make a report on it, but they're not really sure what's going on. And then another night, where one of the commanders, which have shown that, at least after the fact, is, has some sort of interest in UFOs, perceived as alien spacecraft, goes in the field and then really start to look for evidence of something physical. So the phenomena becomes even more intense in the sky, according to the reports anyway. And then at the point where his, the base commander, uh, the top guy, uh, gets involved with his uh, staff, and then they uh, start to look in the sky and they don't see anything. And they're very skeptical. And the interviews we have many years later on, uh, after shows that that person was skeptical from day one. 
And that's where the phenomena start to go uh, away quickly. And then there's an investigation um, that's done by the British Ministry of Defense declaring that nonsense. And so this thing disappears. So we have the same kind of curves, even though it's on a much smaller scale if you compare it to a UFO wave. It almost sounds like the more skeptical you are, the more likely you are to uh, chase the phenomenon away. <laughs> well, actually, this is a key uh, observation from parapsychology. Uh, they call it the, the sheep-goat effect. They, they notice that the researchers who are pro-parapsychology tend to have better results than statistical chance. Researchers that do the same experiment who are very skeptical, uh, they tend to have results that are lower than statistical res result they should get normally. Um, so it's one of the key idea. And there's uh, some people talk about the uh, psi, so this this uh, mental energy that creates these phenomena, and anti-psi. So they seems to be in conflicts, and the anti-psi in the end always win, and so the phenomena disappears. How about the subconscious or unconscious role? in uh, producing psi effects. You point out that people who are more intuitive, like artists and musicians, tend to be more in touch with their unconscious thoughts and feelings, and they tend to score higher on, on ESP tests, for instance. You said, likewise, psi uh, tends to be more frequent when people are in, in an altered state of consciousness. Uh, you know, temporarily, you put temporarily absent-minded, half-asleep, hypnotized in a trance, or I would add, for the abduction phenomenon, in a hypnagogic state. Um, well, let's let's discuss the role of the unconscious or, or subconscious in the individual first of all, and then we'll then we'll look at it in the collective unconscious. Okay, uh, well, it's one of the key idea in uh, key ideas in uh, parapsychology that those phenomena, the psi phenomena, are somehow linked to unconscious processes, something very deep in the, the human mind. Uh, when there are conflicts in the human mind, and those conflicts cannot be expressed, in some occasions, then the mind finds a way to influence the environment outside and communicate those conflicts. That's how poltergeists are explained. That says a person in state of distress but cannot speak for all kinds of social reason to the rest of the family. And there's so much accumulation of frustration that are, but yet not expressed that in some occasions, then the, uh, it will take the, uh, the root of uh, a psychokinesis, a kinetic effect, and things will start to move and break down. Um, so that's one aspect. The other aspect is uh, um, the realm of the unconscious is really the realm of the symbolic. Uh, when we have dreams at night, for instance, coming from the unconscious mind, the, the, the meaning of those dreams is very, very symbolic. And that's why so oftentimes very hard to interpret. But so the message we get from the unconscious that may become telepathic or uh, premonitions or in the case of psychokinesis, moving things, they tend to have a symbolic meaning that's hard to decipher, but uh, they are meaningful. So the, the unconscious plays a key role in all this. How exactly, we don't know, uh, but uh, we know that uh, psi effects usually have also a symbolic meaning, uh, one sort or another, and uh, it could be as simple as, you know, you have a warning, so you have a premonition that something wrong is about to happen, but because the unconscious speaks in symbols and in uh, feelings, 
you, you will not get the details of it. Uh, but in a dream, you may get uh, a, a symbol that's used to show danger, something, somebody you don't like, for instance, visiting you. Uh, it's not that that person will ever visit you, but there's something dangerous coming your way, so you better be watch out. So that's the, the unconscious plays like that. And so uh, because of that, when we people see anomalies and anomalies that we cause by psi, they inject symbols that are meaningful to them. So in the 20th century, they will see, in 21st century, they will be seeing aliens from outer space, but 100 years ago, they would be just an inventor of an airship, and 200 years ago, it would be the ghost driver of a coach, and so on. Let's do our break here, folks, and then we've got more to come with Gene and Chris and Eric Wallet. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Average weight lost in a study was 8.3 pounds to 4.2 inches total in first month. Results vary. Call to cancel within 14 days and return remaining non-frozen food for a refund. Less return shipping. Free shakes with first order only. All right, guys. The holidays are over and we have got some weight to lose. Let's do this. It's going to take pizza, some pasta, some chicken parm, great foods. All part of the awesome new Turbo 10 program from Nutrisystem. You'll love it. Money back guaranteed. Lose up to 10 pounds and 5 inches in your first month. Look, you keep putting it off, you'll keep putting it on. So call Nutrisystem today and get four weeks of delicious meals and one week of Nutrisystem's new Turbo Shakes free. Packed with protein plus probiotics to help support digestive health and bust that gut. You'll also get a week of Nutra Crush Shakes to crush hunger free. Come on, lose up to 10 pounds and 5 inches in your first month. Call 866-987-THIN. 866-987-THIN. Make the call. 866-987-THIN. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We'd like to remind you we have a second radio show called After the Paracast, and we present it only for those of you who subscribe to the Paracast Plus. To learn more, check out plus.theparacast.com plus.theparacast.com. We also offer the ad-free version of this show, higher quality audio, videos coming, show transcripts, and a lot more for modest fees. 
Check it out, plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we're talking to Eric Willett. The book is called Illuminations. Chris? Eric, you were starting to talk about how, um, and this is something that's been pointed out before, Jacques Vallée, I think most notably, pointed out that um, these um, paranormal-esque type of phenomenon tend to mimic the technology of the times and uh and that that would be a real i think good um piece of evidence to suggest that what we're looking at is there's some sort of uh, unconscious social element at work here uh words used to describe events back in ancient times uh were couched in the vernacular of the times and as you pointed out in the 21st century now we have high-tech uh, objects seemingly flitting about our airspace uh, another thing that you point out, too, in hauntings is that um, the older the hauntings, um, older hauntings tend to um, exhibit manifestations within a, a fairly static environment. In other words, uh, in, in particular places, the history of the place tends to almost it, it seemingly perpetuate uh, the types of uh, effects that, that, are, uh, that are seen. A good example that you don't point out, but I remember, is the the shriek of a banshee means the death in the O'Connell, O'Brien, Kavanaugh, and I think a couple of other families, but only in those families. You know, when you hear the banshee uh, wail, uh, if you're uh, an O'Brien <laughs> like me, uh, you better watch your back. Um, why don't you explain how that could be possible and uh, what the implications are? Okay, there's a, um, a parapsychologist who, who studied a little bit these things. His name is uh, Nandor Fodor, who talked about the the gestalt, is the word he uses, a fancy word, of families. That somehow, because people talk in family and from generation to generations, uh, ideas, concepts, perceptions are communicated, but also the beliefs that comes with it. In the uh, and, and so, if in a family, the belief of something chasing them, let's say, uh, is well entrenched and is passed from one generation to another, then uh, if there are side effects created by the unconscious mind, that conscious mind will go and, and uh, seek out from sources that are in your mind. And so if this belief that there are some force forces are chasing, especially your family, and that belief is, is uh, strong from one generation to the next, then definitely the probabilities that across time, the same kind of uh, uh, anomalies will show up in a particular family because people share that from uh, from one generation to the next. Well, that dovetails nicely into the whole idea of social psi effects. And, um, and the, the Fedor description is, is a good one. But, but there have been actually some parapsychological experiments uh, that were undertaken in the 60s and 70s that, uh, that really... I think we're dramatically uh, able to show how this particular, as you put it, I think impersonal effects can be manifested by a group of people. Let's talk about the Sparrow uh, experiments and also uh, the, uh, Kenneth Batchelder, who conducted uh, a similar experiment. Yes, there's been experiments with groups of people. Uh, one of them is called the Philip experiment, uh, done in the early 70s where a group of people voluntarily decided to create an artificial ghost. Uh, and so they met, they used all kinds of techniques to uh, try to get their, their unconscious free and liberated. And eventually they started to notice uh, psychokinetic effects, uh, mostly knocking on a table. 
uh, and they were apparently both le- to lift uh, the table uh, out of on only one leg. So all the three other legs were lifting, and they were just touching uh, gently the top of the table. So the thing is that one of the, the the conclusion of these people is that there seems to be strength in in people, also when it comes to side effects. Uh, another researcher, as you mentioned, Bastel Dor, did seance uh, with groups, so like they were doing in the 19th century. But he took a different approach, right? Again, to get people to again to relax, to have a good time, but also ultimately to liberate their unconscious, so to to go in and be free, and believing they can actually do things in effect the reality around them. And they were actually able to have an influence on uh, on lightnings, like the lights in the building where they were, uh, almost at will, or they were very often able to do it, which shows, again, that there seems to be some uh, strength in number, which leads me then to think that might be if we have uh, a million people uh, having the same unconscious uh, challenges or worries or, uh, or, or and they cannot really express it because they don't know what's going to happen while maybe they, we have a situation where there's a lot of psi energy uh, available for a big uh, scale anomaly to occur that's one of the key ideas I'm proposing in the book yeah and that's an important one because if this can dovetail into the unconscious um, mind of a group then, you know, all bets are off. I mean, anything's possible uh, in that scenario. And, of course, Dean Radin is famous for uh, establishing scientifically that uh, the human body responds to stimuli before the stimuli arrives uh, in many cases. And that in itself, I think uh, that time dilation idea could possibly be applied to, um, you know, times of social upheaval, uh, people being in a state of uncertainty and uh, possibly in a state of fear, and how collectively this could manifest itself in a variety of ways that would appear anomalous to them because they're consciously not uh, aware of it. Now, you know, you discuss these experiments. uh, Those were almost ritualistic in a way uh, in that the participants were conscious and and, uh, attempting to elicit some sort of group group effects, if you will. But let's talk about the, uh, continue talking about the unconscious uh, potential for manifestation of, of, you know, inexplicable events. Yeah, well, this, uh, this idea of uh, the social psi or the social, uh, socially shared unconscious, uh, the thing is that I, I have no hard proof, but I see a lot of color, correlations or, or uh, circumstantial evidence uh, linked to UFO waves in this regard. Uh, one of them is the, the famous UFO wave of uh, 1954 in France, was mostly in France, not all in France, but mostly. Uh, the, the peak of that event uh, occurred also at the at very same time where uh, back in Algeria, which was a French colony, uh, insurgents were actually decided to uh, launch a, a long-lasting insurgency against France. Nobody really knew about this uh, in 1954, but it's interesting to know that these two events coincided at the same time. It's as if, and uh, for our American uh, listeners, uh, the war in Algeria for France was a catastrophe, I mean, of epic proportion. There was uh, over a million European uh, living in Algeria, 
And when uh, the French government gave the um, the uh, independence to the country, they had to leave right away and move to France. Otherwise, they would have been lynched by the uh, the Algerian. It left uh, scars in, in the society. I mean, there was there was a re- it was as as bad as Vietnam. And yet, so that event, those two events, the the, the peak of the UFO wave and the formation of the insurgent groups coincide at the exact same time. And so that tells me that maybe collectively somehow uh, there is this unconscious feeling of premonition that was something bad really was happening, but people could not know what it was again. And that the language of the unconscious that that is so symbolic was the language of using perceptions of, of objects in the sky, whether they were real or not, that's probably a mix of all kinds of things. But that's an example that the social unconscious somehow warned us of something upcoming, but uh, the, like in most situations, it's very hard to decipher. Let's uh, decipher this, folks. You have Gene and Chris. More to come with Eric Willett. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Today, more than ever, it's imperative that you protect your digital privacy. EDEC Digital Forensics Signal Blocking Anti-Radiation Anti-Surveillance Faraday Bags shield the contents of your phones, tablets, and key fobs from 4G, Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, NFC, and more. Find us at edecdf.com slash radio or call us now at 805-222-4584. That's 805-222-4584. Radio listeners get 20% off your order. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. 
If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Paid not attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Eric Wellett joining us, author of Illuminations. Chris? Okay, um, Eric, continue. Uh, I think this is a good example um, that you were referring to before. Um, how does this dovetail into... You know, where's the connecting point between, let's say, a focus person in a poltergeist case and uh, trying to identify where a focus person is located in a UFO wave, for instance? Um, you know, do you think it was a collective, uh, as you, you were mentioning, the, uh, the Algerian uh, uprising and, uh, and then the corresponding uh, straight line mystery, I think, is Amy Michelle famously uh, coined it in his book, uh, uh, which I, again, highly recommend. Uh, UFOs and the Straight Line Mystery is, is a seminal work. It's hard to find, but if you find a copy, grab it. Continue uh, your sort of correlation between the two events, and then give us other examples. I think the Washington Wave would be a possible uh, you know, example that had the same kind of social uh, unease Surrounding, I think the McCarthy hearings and uh, the rise of uh, Russia as a superpower and you know a nuclear uh, a nuclear adversary and that sort of thing. Yes, uh, the uh, the example of the uh, 1952 uh, UFO wave over Washington D.C. has the same kind of um, of uh, bell curve uh, that Von Lukedu described. You know, the first weekend uh, that they saw something. Uh, you know, so people were surprised. The 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 controllers didn't know what to make of it. But it was, we didn't know what it was, but it started kind of gently. And then the second weekend, now the, the press was there and all the sensationalist um, people interested in talking about aliens from outer space were uh, involved at that point, so the naive observers. And the UFO gave a pretty good show that second weekend. Air Force sent jets, they could not catch anything, they couldn't see anything, and yet they were on radars. And then... Next step was uh, the arrival of the um, 
the blue book uh, people and, and other defense officials saying, no, 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 this is, you're, you're wrong. This is uh, all kinds of uh, turmoil inversion and other things, which are probably in many instances correct, but not in all of them. And then, uh, so the UFO wave that was going on in the U.S. at the time and over Washington in general started to decline at that point. And then we had the uh, commission, uh, uh, the Robertson Commission, that tried to put the lid on this. Like, we, uh, we the U.S. military, are tired of getting uh, civilian reports about all these things. So we need to do something about it because we have other more important things to do. So that's the bell curve. But if we look at it more carefully... Uh, the, the peak of the, the two weekends, the peak, uh, happened at the same time as the Democratic Convention was going on in Chicago. There was a time of McCarthyism. It was almost at its height. And, of course, Washington, D.C. is the land of civil servants, you know, federal civil servants, who were the main targets of uh, McCarthy, who was seeing communists everywhere. So you have a group of people that were oppressed by the situation, and yet, because they're civil servants, they cannot speak publicly about what's going on. So they were kind of muted. So very similar to a person that is in a classic poltergeist. Psychological trauma, and yet unable to speak. Interestingly, because it happened at the same time as the Democratic Convention, uh, and because it got the military involved, it's interesting to know that the ones who were fighting McCarthy were the Democrats uh, at the time, and eventually, uh, a few two years later, is the military that stood up firm to McCarthy and put an end to to his witch hunt. So it's interesting that again we have the key ingredients that are quite similar to the ones uh, would happen in a classic family poltergeist. Well, you you also have concurrent sightings around military installations, as you point out in South Korea, Okinawa, Greenland, Newfoundland, West Germany. I think this is during the uh, time period where uh, Gordon Cooper chased after UFOs in, in um, a fighter jet uh, while he was in the Air Force. So this is something that I wasn't aware of, that the U.S. military installations in the before-mentioned countries also had sightings. Uh, explain the connection there, because there, you don't have your geographic sort of you know proximity uh, to the potential social angst, collective social unconscious angst, or fear or uncertainty, what would explain these um, upwelling of reports uh, in such you know far-flung places? Uh, I think in the case of the, it's what we would call a reporting effect. Uh, we have to remember that in the early 50s, uh, and actually still true today, by the way, uh, the ones who have real good quality radars uh, it's always the military. Their radars are superior to civilian radars, and it's always true. Uh, so that's one thing, that they would be the first to see it anyway, if it's on radar. Uh, the second aspect to it is that because, you know, it was the middle of the Cold War, they were watching the sky way more, even if just with binoculars uh, and sensitive uh, installations, because they, always, they were quite worried of a sneak Soviet attack. So again, if someone reports something in the sky, it's because they were looking more. So that's another aspect. The last aspect is that in the early 50s, uh, the U.S. military was not too sure what to make of UFOs. Still, uh, they were pretty sure there was nothing to it, but they were still wondering. And uh, so they were having a reporting system to see what's going on. And so, um, so the, we have a lot of data because they were actually compiling them. Um, but that doesn't mean that the phenomena was necessarily more 
intensely focusing on the military uh, if we look outside Washington. I think it's maybe a reporting effect. Well, another example that kind of springs to mind that uh, you don't mention in the book is the uh, the Swedish um, and uh, um, ghost rockets of 1947. Um, of course, you have your elements of, of rockets, which uh, instilled fear in uh, nations that were at the end of the trajectory. Um, you have uh, the uncertainty of uh, Russia uh, becoming now a, a, a much bigger superpower than they were prior to World War II. And then you have the symbol, of again, of the rocket, which um, you know people equated to the V-2 rocket. Obviously, which um, you know devastated parts of London. So we have those same sort of social kind of unease, I guess, fear, uh, uncertainty. Um, how how much of that ghost rocket phenomenon do you feel was um, you know possibly um, psychological in nature versus um, you know potential hardware? It's it's uh, it's an interesting case. Uh, the thing is that. In 1946 and seven, there were still no rockets that could be going that far from uh, the Soviet-held territory in Eastern Europe. So that's why a lot of people are saying that nothing happened. Maybe there's, there was something else. Maybe there were earth lights or I don't know. But what is interesting is, as you mentioned, is that people saw and interpreted what they saw as being rockets, even though they were not understanding that technology was not that advanced at that time. But they were certainly well aware of what happened during the the bombing of London with the V2. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, People draw images and knowledge based on what they know, and then they project it to things. But Sweden was uh, in a very tough position at the time. And uh, interestingly, that's around the same time where the Swedish government was seriously thinking about uh, launching its own um, uh, nuclear research program, which they started, but then uh, given the costs involved, they stopped. Okay, we have Eric Wallet and Gene and Chris. You're in The Paragast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com or to order call 866-295-5305 that's 866-295-5305 hbextract.com don't risk it when you can take charge of it i'm nick soboleski a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year a woman named linda just called her husband ray has a three hundred thousand dollar group life insurance policy but is changing jobs and can't take it with him well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885, 1-800-403-4885, or go to selectquote.com. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Greetings, Phenomenal Ones. This is Dr. Jeremiah C. Hackley of Phenomenal Center. I want to invite you to the Phenomenal Health and Healing Conference in the city of Knoxville, February the 7th and the 8th. We have coming Dr. Joel Wallach. He is a two-time Nobel Prize nominee, the Humanitarian Award winner for Natural Medicine, featured at the United Nations, and have 75 peer reviews published in health journals. Dr. Wallach has an answer for you. Call us right now. We only have 100 seats. 865-851-7269. Health is not a matter of chance, but it is a matter of choice. Call us right now. 865-851-7269. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Eric Wellett is telling us about Sweden considering their own nuclear program. Tell me more. Well, Sweden, uh, they, they face a situation that uh, they, they wanted to remain neutral and they did not want to be involved in the, um, in the Cold War. And uh, definitely the nuclear weapons was becoming uh, the key, the game changer in all this. The actual work started later in the 50s and it stopped some in the early 60s um, in their nuclear program. But it shows the level of worries they had that they, to, they felt at the time that the only way to protect themselves is to be a nuclear power. I mean, a small one, but still a nuclear power. Uh, it shows at least that this level of, of anxiety that was uh, lived at the time by people in that part of the world. <laughs> I think we just had a ghost rocket fly by. <laughs> We've been discussing uh, UFO waves and um, also how they, they correlate to, um, to some haunting cases 
and there seems to be a bell curve. Let's discuss that bell curve in a little bit more detail. Phase one, as you describe it, is surprise. Phase two is displacement. Phase three is decline. And then phase four is suppression. And that accurately reflects a bell curve on a graph. Let's look at these uh, uh, quickly one by one and show how they're integral in, in continuing that bell curve through its entire cycle. Uh, phase one, surprise. Yeah, the surprise is that most uh, paranormal events, and so I'll, I'll take a number of them, but ghost hauntings, poltergeists, and I would say UFO waves, they start very gently, and there's, there's a few sightings here and there, um, and then, so, and then it's, it starts to build up a little bit bigger. What happened at that time is that there are uh, key people who see these things, and uh, they 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 are witness of that, but they don't really know what it is. So, again, at that point, unconsciously, they may feel there's something paranormal about it or weird, but they don't really know what it is. And that's 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 the time where it's still um, not a major event. Uh, and again, um, the the theory is that th this is the um, the, 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 the unconscious strengths of the people that will determine uh, the intensity of the phenomena. At the surprise phase, um, the, uh, in the, at least in the classic poltergeist case, uh, the focus person, the person that seems to be around the phenomena is also not too sure what's going on. Uh, the family around the person is not sure if the individual in question is uh, involved. So there's a lot of unknown. And that's the UFO wave. If you think of another example from the book is the Belgian UFO wave. In the first few weeks or the few, few, first few days, they don't know what's going on. I'm not sure what's going on, but it seems to be something weird. So that's the surprise phase. Uh, if we move to the um, to the next phase, that's really where um, uh, there are people who come along that are true believers in either ghosts or spirit causing poltergeists or ETH. So they do truly believe, truly believe that uh, UFOs are caused by aliens from outer space, and that's they put a lot of inject into what people think. In a classic poltergeist case. They, the the uh, you will have the the ghost hunters or the house clearing people will come, and actually by their very presence they actually confirm the beliefs of the people who live in the house that there is an evil spirit in their house, which actually just reinforce the intensity of of the belief and guess what the intensity of the phenomenon is also increasing uh, and same thing we have with UFO is that when you have the ETH ufologists especially the the not so to, not so sophisticated ones arriving on the scene they are just pushing this idea further that yeah yeah aliens are coming uh, and then a lot of people start to interpret things around them that way and Usually in the UFO wave, then the phenomena start to intensify itself. There's way more sightings, and the sightings becoming more and more exotic in nature. Again, the the, uh, the Belgian UFO wave, there is a, a key uh, organization that was involved, the SOBEP. Uh, First-class ufologists, by the way, they're very level-headed people, and they did a very good job in, in, in gathering data. So I have to give them kudos. They're 100%. However... They were believers in ETH, and so as they come to to get the cases and do um, 
press conferences, they project that idea that indeed there is some visitors. Uh, they focus a lot on the triangular types of object, even though uh, there was only 50% of observations that were about triangular object. But they created that mood, that, that intensity, that there's something real going on. Um, and then, of course, you have the intensity going up. Then the phase of decline is really the one, uh, because as events get known, uh, that there are people much more skeptical coming along. Uh, in the classic poltergeist, uh, you will, uh, it could be just police officers or it could be uh, parapsychologists, but they start to ask questions, a lot of questions. How many witnesses? You know, what do you really saw? Um, can I check and be there uh, if to see things? And that's where it starts to decline because these people, we think, uh, are by their very attitude, removes the belief that this is actually what's going on. And then the phenomenon declines at that point. And then uh, here, in the case of UFOs, um, interestingly, if you compare Washington 1952, the military authorities and government authorities um, were really sending that signal. There's nothing going on. In Belgium... Is, excuse me, is that why we had these spectacular sightings early on, but it doesn't seem as if the UFO events of the present day are anywhere near as elaborate? True. Uh, that's, uh, that's a good question. Uh, some people are talking about the decline in UFOs because maybe there's a decline in interests and beliefs in UFOs. No, the aliens uh, went home. That's another explanation. Unfortunately, <laughs> we should ask them if it's true. And so far, no yeah. answer. Yeah, all you abductees out there, uh, please, next time you get taken aboard, ask your abductors uh, how many of them are still around and how come uh, there doesn't seem to be as many. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and it's, it's a very good point you're making because uh, um, over time, I would say the, 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 the principal uh, anomalistic phenomena changes. With So 100 years ago, it was uh, the medium in a seance a uh, hundred years before was the ghost, the classic ghost. It has been UFOs for part of the 20th century. And for the 21st century, we may have another dominant paranormal phenomena that would be completely different. I don't know. Yeah, uh, be Dick Cheney cloned and being seen in simultaneous places all over the world. In, in like like the attack of the 50-foot woman, you know, these giant Dick Cheneys, you know, rampaging through cities like Godzilla. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think it would be that ostentatious, though. <laughs> I'm trying to lighten up the mood here just a hair. <laughs> okay, so what is the event of the 21st century? So far, it's still UFOs. Yeah, yeah, let's do some conjecturing here. What would be, uh, what would be a good uh, what-if scenario that uh, could show how this whole sort of psychosocial um, uh, manifested phenomena could be progressing forward in time. What would be a good one for the 21st century? Uh, some sort of uh, disease, uh, let's see, um, plague, that sort of thing, or, oh, AI, of course, uh, uh, computers, robots taking over. Well, I, I think that the, 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 the object we should look at is what makes people uh, concerned. Is there some 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 uh, tensions in the world that concerns uh, a vast majority of the population or a good chunk of it? 
uh, on an ongoing basis. I mean, the Cold War and the UFO, it's the match is almost perfect. Uh, but now we are in post-Cold War world. People are worried about terrorism to some degree. They are worried about the environment to another degree. Um, it's hard to say. Let's explain this further in our next segment. With Gene and Chris and Eric Wallet. you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. 
Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so what is the next phenomenon? Zombies. Zombies? Oh, yes, zombies are taking over. I don't think there is any, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm ignorant because I didn't really study that uh, in depth, but I don't think there is reports, real reports of zombie attacks. Uh, am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, just go to Vegas or just walk around any uh, American city and you'll see a lot of zombies walking around in a state of waking coma, no question about it. Well, those are the people who watch certain cable TV networks. Okay, yeah, there, there might be some fashions of uh, people taking some habits of doing certain things, uh, but I probably not see it as terribly paranormal. Uh, exactly. However, there is something along those lines that I've heard enough from a number of sources, but it's still uh, early days of this. So some people talk about shadow people, which is a variation of the concept of a ghost. Yeah, but, black-eyed uh, children. Yeah, and that's uh, something that people see in the corner of the eye, so it's really open to all kinds of interpretation. But uh, what makes it, I would say, uh, maybe the next one is that it seems to be becoming a shared um, way of, of, of uh, describing events. So this seems to be a lot of countries, a lot of cities where people have these reports, probably because before they didn't pay any attention to that uh, because there's some natural... Uh, in biological aspects to it. But as it becomes part of a new belief that they might be shadow people, then they might, again, the, the, the unconscious might actually use that as a vehicle to project some side effects. And then so then the shadow people will be a little bit more real in the sense that the unconscious is more actively engaged in using that for communicating. Well, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I do think that we're seeing a... a what appears to be a decline in uh, alleged reports or alleged encounters with, uh, especially with with uh, aliens, um, uh, the abduction phenomenon seems to be, um, you know, fading out a little bit. We may be in the decline stage uh, in that regard. Um, we're also seeing that UFOs are tending to stay further away from witnesses. You have less close proximity cases now. 
uh, as opposed to uh, in the 70s, 80s, 90s would be the last real period when a fairly dramatic number of close encounter cases were reported. Um, why do you think that is? Well, why do you think uh, UFOs are um, staying further away because our increased level of technology is maybe putting them at risk of being detected and possibly identified? Uh, or is it that uh, they just don't need to get close anymore? They've uh, you know <laughs> gained all the information they need in this symbiotic relationship with the culture. And uh, now they're just out there to um, you know dance around and entertain us and, and give uh, grist for the internet or something. Um, well, I, there's two lines of explanations I think uh, we can look at, and that they're, they're not mutually exclusive. One of them is, like you mentioned, is that um, uh, there's more uh, knowledge and understanding of what's going on in the sky. I mean, in 1950s, to see jetliners was something fairly new for a lot of people. Today, it's, it's uh, some mundane totally mundane events. I mean, people see jetliners in the sky all the time. So maybe there's more awareness of what is a natural event or human-made event compared to the past. So because of that, then there's less uh, interpretation linked to UFO as spacecraft from another world. That's one portion of it. The other one, I think this one is maybe more controversial, but I will say it. I think that uh, ufologists, especially in the 1980s and 90s, uh, were really, personally, I, I find it was an era completely delusional, uh, people coming up with completely unfounded facts, uh, you know, unproven anything, and yet making big statements about aliens invading the Earth and huge, gigantic conspiracies. And this actually, I think, had an effect is that the population in general got just sick of it. And um, the, the whole conspiracy slash alien perspective declined very significantly in people's uh, consciousness because it seems to be they reached a level of absurdity so great that people gave up and lost interest. Um, uh, I kind of have to disagree somewhat. I, I think we're seeing more and more people diving deeper and deeper into delusion. I think there's a, there's millions of people out there that have been affected very deeply on a subconscious level into believing that that, that aliens, uh, Lyrians, Drac Dracos, uh, Zeta Reticulans. I mean, these terms are bounced around on the internet, and millions of people are buying into this stuff. People like David Wilcock and this new guy, Corey Good. Oh, yeah, I've been to Mars. Yeah, there's uh, intergalactic war going on. This stuff is being taken at face value by a lot of people, whereas back in the 80s and 90s, people were a lot more... Uh, I think circumspect and, and just more dubious, and and I, I, I see the the opposite going on. I, I really think that there's a, a a subculture growing that is actually almost viewing these um, uh, fantastical delusional claims um, in a quasi-religious sense. I almost see it as religious belief that people have suspended their disbelief and. Uh, you know, believe they're they're eating the body and blood of an alien <laughs> as opposed to the Christian mass or the Catholic mass. Uh, if we yeah. watch the TV show Supergirl, they have a character called the Martian Manhunter. So you see, we therefore have Martians, but that's, of course, based on the comic books. 
Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but uh, I'm talking about the population in general. I agree with you. There is a, a minority that's probably getting even deeper, and that's not the word. The uh, hypothesis in ETH is not warranted. It should be a pure belief system. Oh, this is there for sure. But um, one of the indicators would be the success of the second series of uh, X Files. I mean, it was very successful in the 1990s because it was touching a chord. Uh, if the show fails uh, now, like 20 years later, I think it will be, um, I mean, failing in the sense of not being as popular as it was, uh, might be an indicator that, yeah, people moved on from those things. I mean, the majority of the population. So that's what I mean here. Well, I understand also that fewer people watch network TV anymore. So you could have half the ratings and still be successful. The first three episodes were relatively successful. Yes, again, I, like I said, uh, it's controversial what I'm saying. There's measures of success, but uh, this, the issue is uh, how, how these uh, conspiracy theories in general, in the population in general, have, uh, I would say, a, a level of acceptance uh, com now compared to then. I think it's less now than then, but I could be wrong. Well, the overarching theory now in X-Files is that it's not E.T., who's involved, but the government using alien technology to engage in its stuff. Yes, and, and those, the people who make those shows, they make it to sell, right? So they have a good uh, pulse of what people are looking for. And that, I think, is actually speaks volume of uh, my, my controversial theory here. Another thing I want to point out also is that um, kids that have been growing up in the last uh, 20 years, for instance, uh, 25 years, um, have been you know, totally saturated by the concept of aliens coming here from another planet. And it's almost like part of their reality. It's almost part of the belief system that's sort of built in. They almost accept it at uh, face value without even really thinking about it or without it really moving them in any direction, uh, negative or positive. Yes, the average 15 or 20-year-old, you know, what, what do you think UFOs are? And they all think it's it's aliens. I think the, the, the media in general has indoctrinated uh, people into believing in the ETH. I think that may be by design on some level, whether it's conscious or unconscious, uh, on part of the powers that be, uh, who control the media, uh, who control uh, you know, the actual dissemination of propaganda and culture. I think in, in some part it may be to hide secret technology, uh, that there's a good chance that, that this is very convenient to uh, you know, create a, a you know, sort of an atmosphere of plausible deniability by the government. And so I think it's almost become accepted as opposed to being rejected, at least in this country. You know, I think it's a lot more commonplace in terms of people's thinking um, that these things are real and that the ETH is, is you know, obviously the most popular theory behind uh, to explain it. I am not sure about that. I, I, I agree with you that there, the view that uh, UFOs are considered a spaceship from another world is a very wide uh, distributed views. But uh, what I'm talking about here is that people paying really attention to that, much less, I think. We have Eric Wollett. The book is called Illuminations. That's not E.T. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Eric Wollett, you were going to explain something further, please. Yes, uh, the example uh, we're talking about, um, uh, when people ask, uh, do you believe in UFO? I I have a, a lot of fun because I always ask them, what do you mean? And then they get the I get the blank stare and say, "Okay, I'll help you with this." Do you say? Do I believe that strange objects in the skies are are UF are are, are spaceships? And then the answer is no. And then do you ask me? Do I believe there are anomalies in the sky? I also say no because I know there are reported anomalies. It's not a matter of belief. So. Yes, I agree with you that this notion that um, the, the the association between UFO and ETs is is uh, is a common view, but that doesn't mean people pay much attention to it, which is kind of strange. But if we look at the unconscious level, I don't think it has reached um, to the same depth that it used to be uh, 20 years ago in a large segment of the population. That's my argument. I could be wrong, but I think it explains in part why we see less UFOs now. Yeah, and, and I think it's important not to be uh, too, uh, you know, ethnocentric about this, um, you know, discussing this subject in the United States and in you know, North America, let's say, uh, you're going to have a different quality of, of conversation in South America, definitely a different quality of conversation uh, in the Far East. 
Um, but we're seeing, in my estimation, we're seeing uh, almost a coalescing together, a melding together of uh, the impact of the sensationalism in the United States, for instance, and in media coverage and Hollywood. Uh, that, I think, is having a measurable impact in how people in other uh, very diverse uh, cultures are experiencing the phenomenon. I'll give you an example. The alien gray image um, which uh, was ubiquitous, uh, I think, to the United States uh, for um, at least a decade or so before you even began to have any sort of reports of alien greys allegedly being seen or, or interacted with um, in other countries, uh, South America, uh, Europe, you know, Russia. It, it, it took a while for that particular meme, if you will, to uh, gain strength and uh, be propagated to other ethnic groups in other parts of the world. That's correct. That's correct. And that's true for uh, all kinds of other types of phenomena. I mean, if you compare uh, Britain and France in terms of hauntings, I mean, the entire country of, of uh, Great Britain is haunted, if you read some reports. In France, it's very, very rare that you'll see something like that. So there's definitely a, a social and cultural components to that. If you think about going back to UFOs in the Middle East, it's very rare that you will get uh, UFO sightings. But you will have all other types of things that we cannot even imagine. Right, the <laughs> One of my favorites. Uh, example here is uh, during the, the revolution in Iran in 1979, there was people claiming to see the face of Hayatollah Khomeini in the clouds. Now, if you say that in North America, people say, okay, you need to check to the psych ward urgently. But over there, it was an acceptable uh, perception. And maybe there are some side effects that, you know, there were people who were sensing what was going on. I don't know. But definitely culture and society plays a big role in terms of, of what we see, what we perceive, and the type of anomalies that are reported, definitely. Well, and the details, too. I think the details are filtered through a cultural bias, no, no question. We do have some questions here in our question bank where our listeners are able to post their questions that we then ask our guests here at the Paracast. So go to forum.theparacast.com, click on the question uh, bank, and go ahead and post your questions for our guests. Now, we have a, a question here from Wade, which is a very good one. And uh, Wade's been a longtime poster. He's been... Uh, He's just passed the 4,000 postmark, which is uh, <laughs> a bit of an accomplishment. And that's only yesterday. Well, no, no, he's not posted 196 posts since yesterday, but um, he's, he's up there. He's a big fan of the show and, and a very astute observer. He's wondering, Eric, are there any UFO cases that it, it's tempting to consider as parapsychological in nature, but otherwise have left behind physical evidence in the way of tracks, unexplained markings, or, in the example of uh, uh, our farmer, a rather bland-tasting pancake, uh, or is it the tracks and pancakes are parapsychological? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. Um, yeah. Physical the traces. That, there are cases that have them. The Delphos case, you know, for instance, a, a fluorescing ring that lasted uh, almost 20 hours. Yes, there are uh, a number of cases uh, that leave traces, but there are a lot of variations, right? So we have to be careful here. Uh, so there might be a number of explanations. Uh, one of them is simply that this uh, earth light that 
move from one place to another, and then it brings you know some some uh, material from one place to another. So that's that's one thing. And uh, hold on we, a second. Wait a minute. An earthlight being able to bring ma- ma- physical well, bring material it's, uh, because it's, it's plasma, and there's some dirt that comes with it, right? Come, and then so if it pops up one place, and then eventually uh, pops away another place, it might have bring a little bit of dust from another place. So, so that can explain some of those uh, incidents. I, I'll have to look into that and review my uh, Paul Devereaux material because I have never heard that ever. Well, it's uh, like I'm saying, it's one possibility. One of the things that uh, has been noted in poltergeist events is actually uh, there are a number of reports where you have steps in the dirt or in the mud that appeared on their own. Uh, so And so that suggests that psychokinetics uh, can actually be more uh, precise than we think. So that's, that's a possibility. Again, we don't have our proof here, but that's part of it. And then uh, if, if we look at more holistically, uh, probably the great, the, 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 the topmost expert in uh, UFO physical traces, Ted Phillips, and um, over the years, he started to think that the paranormal explanation is actually the one that makes most sense. Fortunately, and we're still waiting for his new book about this, so I, I, I cannot <laughs> Don't hold your breath. But definitely, uh, there's, there's uh, people thinking along those ways. Again, uh, when we talk about uh, marks on the ground, like just... It could be again a form of plasma. I mean, that's that's uh, there's uh, some research being done uh, by the British military, uh, among others, that shows that balls of plasma can create those uh, those uh, certain crop circles that are the more classic ones, not the uh, the very elaborate ones, uh, which probably almost all of them are made by humans. Right. But yeah, so there's a number of explanations for a number of different types of physical traces uh but and some of them are definitely in the realm of the parapsychology yeah well when we come back from break eric i want to uh, get your uh take on uh, some cryptozoological uh anomalies uh like bigfoot uh and nessie the loch ness monster and other uh lake monsters and that sort of thing and uh we'll see if this uh parapsychological theory will will uh if there's a way to explain those Okay. Well, let's get into that real quick then before we go to break. Uh, Eric, what do you think of Bigfoot? Uh, the Yeti, the Wild Man, the, the, you know, the Almasti. Uh, you can go down the line around the world of a very similar type Wild Man or large, hairy hominid that's been seen for many, many years, uh, generations, and uh, tends to be cross-cultural. It's, uh, it doesn't have um, some sort of cultural uh, you know, focus. Uh, it does tend to be all over the place. Also, little people. Um, every culture, every Indian uh, culture in North America, for instance, has stories of little people. Um, obviously, the most uh, notable are the, uh, the Celtic countries, which have the idea of leprechauns, fairies, brownies, that sort of thing, trolls, goblins. And uh, so when we get back, we'll go ahead and, uh, and pick your brain on that one. And uh, don't forget, uh, we have uh, some really good shows coming up uh, here in the future. Uh, Phyllis Buddinger is going to be here, uh, Whitley Strieber, and uh, I'm going to hand it over to Gene. We'll have special coverage also of the International UFO Congress. And I want to remind you, we have a second radio show for you to listen to. It's called After the Paracast, exclusively available if you join the Paracast Plus 
Go to plus.thepowercast.com, plus.thepowercast.com. Check out the low subscription rates. We also give you the ad-free version of this show for those who don't want the network ads. And show transcripts and more with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. If you're fascinated by UFOs, ancient aliens, archaeological mysteries, ghost hunting, Atlantis, and any other paranormal topic as we are, be sure to check out apmagazine.info each month. Since 1985, it has presented the latest research by top researchers like Andrew Collins, Brad Steiger, and many others, and contains interviews with such leading personalities as Jacques Vallée. Check, click on one of their banners and check out apmagazine.info. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral! Don't pick on the IRS alone! I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely! We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral! Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. 
For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S. Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at MarchForBabies.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we're going through your questions at forum.theparacast.com in our question bank with Eric Willett, author of Illuminations. Chris. So what do you think, Eric? Uh, you kind of I know your book is is mainly geared towards uh, looking at the UFO phenomenon and its sort of related sort of subcategories. But uh, what do you think of uh, of the whole cryptozoological creature thing? Are we looking at uh, flesh and blood creatures, or are they paraphysical in nature? I, I'm not an expert on those, but uh, from what I know, we have a very again structurally we have very similar situations. So we have. Witnesses uh, from all places uh, and groups alone that either see things or hear things, especially with Bigfoot, they're known to make big roars. And yet, all the physical evidence we have is uh, either fake or very inconclusive at best. So we're a very similar situation in that sense that there's no proof of what we're dealing with. And yet, we have people keep reporting the same thing over and over. So could it be something uh, parapsychological? I, I would think so, because uh, if we think about Bigfoot and other types of similar creatures, I mean, this is the classic mythological man, beast, uh, or human beast uh, construct. This goes very deep in our unconscious that these these forces uh, that we have, that we actually um, put into that kind of symbols. And then are there parts of the world where these kinds of um, forces or, or, or ideas are maybe more prone to be uh, uh, taken out of our unconscious? Maybe, I don't know. Uh, but definitely the, uh, the the structure of, of Bigfoots, if you look at people having uh, apparitions more than anything else, is very similar to other types of paranormal phenomena. And yet there's no traces really uh, that are, are trustworthy. So, yes, I think there is a way to study these things from a parapsychological perspective. Absolutely. Well, here's one that's uh, particularly interesting to me, uh, having written uh probably the only definitive book looking at this mystery, and that is the um, so-called unexplained livestock death phenomenon, popularly known as the cattle mutilation phenomenon. Here we have thousands of pounds of physical evidence, thousands of reported cases, uh, veterinary pathology exams, uh, detecting all sorts of strange anomalies uh, that range from uh, various chemicals, uh, even one case that they detected mescaline in the animal. Um, what do you make of that? And, and have you uh, attempted to dovetail your work in looking at something that has the real potential of being a, you know, in some ways a media-induced hysteria, but based on real cases in my estimation? What do you think? Yeah, these are, I haven't studied them in, in any details, so I, I am, I'm a bit careful here. But uh, there are, again, a number of explanations and uh, that were given that are more mundane and uh, they were given. So 
I think we have to be careful into uh, which case is, is actually uh, good and which one is more problematic. Again, could there be something else uh, more along the line of parapsychology? Let's say there's a predator and uh, that's, that where there's a synchronicity between the predator and what's going on in your head. So there might be some elements there, a warning of some sort, but really, uh, I'm very speculating here. It's a world that right. I don't know much. My favorite theory um, was proposed by my, uh, my current co-author for my next book, David Perkins, who came to the um, conclusion after studying this since 1975. You know, he kind of uh, leaned on Carl Jung a little bit and suggested it could be a collective manifestation of guilt over the uh, role of cattle in degradation of the environment and possible implications uh, for human health, that it could be almost like a cultural stigmata that we're warning ourselves that cattle are so detrimental, and everybody on some level knows that, and these cases are being manifested collectively. I think it makes more sense than aliens coming to gather genetic material, as it, which is the popular, again, like the ETH uh, you know, it's crept into the whole uh, cattle mutilation phenomenon as well, which it's definitely the most popular theory. But it doesn't make any sense to me. Why would ETs uh, sneak around in pastures when they could pick the lock on a slaughterhouse and get as much genetic material as they wanted? Absolutely. It, and they could raise their own cattle if they want. I mean, uh, in the end, right? So it's the, the, that explanation I found very weak. That doesn't mean that everything else is explained but because the ETH is weak on this one. Well, what do you think about collective manifestation of phenomenal effects um, akin to a collective stigmata in the, in the countryside? It's an interesting explanation. I think uh, it, there could be something along those lines happening, and uh, I certainly uh, encourage uh, people to, to, to follow that lead because it seems promising from my perspective. Well, well, here's a good question from Ravensfee, who's uh, very knowledgeable about um, hauntings, uh, types of occult cases and that sort of thing. And she's wondering about self-negation. And she says, in many poltergeist activities, the focus of the phenomenon stereotypically is a troubled teenage girl. She's often found hoaxing an event alongside what appear to be genuine paranormal incidents. UFO events often occur amongst those who are prone to hoaxing or dissembling or otherwise uh, not respectable. To what extent could human-generated psi effects be self-negating? both expressing them in a spectacular fashion and being simultaneously undermined by the people who are unconsciously creating them. I would call it discovery of parapsychology. If you look at the mediums that uh, were used in the 19th century and early 20th century, some of them had really interesting information, like premonitions, clairvoyance, that really was information accessed by non-normal means. And yet, in all that mix, there were all kinds of fraud and hoaxing. It's very hard to separate the two in a, with a clear line. And in a way, the, the fact that they, they need people around them to believe they're true for that to happen, it may explain psychologically why uh, these things happen. But yes, if you think about UFO, uh, I would think about the Belgian case where there was this famous picture. With, now we know it's a hoax. But that picture played an important role in, in, in uh, reinforcing the belief. And I would say, therefore, reinforcing the intensity of the phenomenon. So hoaxing in itself uh, is actually probably part of the overall picture. Uh, it's one variable and an important one. 
it does not uh, disqualify a case um, necessarily. This is uh, something that most people are not used to in terms of thinking about the role of hoaxing. But I think it's we, sh- we have to have a, a different approach in general. So it's your feeling that there's a lot of hoaxing going on in the UFO field? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you read uh, the Internet, uh, there's always the latest proof. Uh, like every minute, there's a new latest proof. Uh, yes, definitely. And that, that participates in maintaining, maintaining alive uh, the beliefs, which in turn, if there's enough beliefs, then once in a while you have a true anomaly happening. So it, it's a systemic uh, view of, of the whole thing. Uh, I, I, hoax is part of it. One thing that really disturbs me when I go online, and especially on social media sites, because technology obviously is now much more affordable and special effects software is way more accessible now to the average person. There's a lot of people out there that um, have a lot of extra time that are able to create some pretty impressive, elaborate hoaxes. Impressive to the average person with an untrained eye, anyone with a trained eye that knows anything about the phenomenon and how to analyze uh, visual data pertaining to the phenomenon uh, can pick out the hoaxes pretty easily. With Gene and Chris and Eric Wallet, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad. But boy, was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. 
He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach who's a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple sacro wedgie and let gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacro wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family own website at sacrowedgie.com spelled s-a-c-r-o-w-e-d-g-y.com or call 1-800-737-9295 that's 1-800-737-9295 relax your back pain away with the sacro wedgie this is dan pilla do you have the irs money you can't pay are tax debts crippling you i've defended people from the irs for over 30 years i've helped thousands and i can help you too i wrote the book on irs settlement and i'm telling you There's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? With Gene and Chris and Eric Wollett, author of Eliminations, we're talking about hoaxing. Chris? Yeah, my basic point here, Eric, was that um, I think the hoaxing is actually um, has the unintended side effect, if you will, of creating erroneous um, ideas and um, in, and cementing erroneous memes into the culture. And that what we're doing is we're actually, instead of, uh, you know, when you try to point out a hoax or you try to uh, dissuade people from buying into stuff that they're not trained to really observe and pass judgment on, that you become the bad guy. And people are saying, well, you're a skeptic. You don't believe in this stuff. And it's like, well, I believe that there's a phenomenon, but I don't believe that there's uh, a lot of people out there that are really qualified to to analyze uh, visual evidence. You know, with the, with the proliferation of, of, you know, kids with really creative minds, uh, basically they're – they're creating hoaxes that are based on, you know, a 50s kind of idealized uh, view of UFO craft, if you will. And uh, I think it has the unintended side effect of of really not only muddying up the waters, but also potentially creating a collective unconscious backlash. And it's almost like, you know, if we, if we make enough hoaxes and enough people buy into them, pretty soon hoaxed UFOs are going to turn up and they'll be real. I agree with you on this one, uh, and that when I, I introduced my controversial theory about the role of ufologists uh, killing UFOs, uh, that's, that's pretty much what I had in mind. Uh, so hoaxing is part of creating the beliefs. Is this too much of it? 
then people start to disbelieve. And absolutely, it's, uh, it's a matter, it, things have to be uh, in balance. And it, things always change and evolve over time. So if you think about the spiritist seance of the 19th century, there was a lot, eventually it became uh, so, uh, so, so stupid that people just gave up on that and moved on. Whatever is left of it is the video game you can buy at any big store uh, in Europe where you live. Uh, so, so things have the tendency to evolve that way. And so, but something else picks up later on, uh, whatever it is. Okay, I you know we're kind of running out of time, and I want to make sure that we discuss this particular aspect, and that is Rupert Sheldrake's idea of the morphogenic field. I think this is a fascinating and uh, very uh, important potential explanation to explain um, you know waves of UFOs, um, people having simultaneous events. Why don't you first uh, give our new listeners an idea of, and kind of define what morphogenetic field is and how um, uh, Sheldrake applied it. Okay, um, morphogenic fields uh, are the origin is, is this notion that uh, the question is why how, uh, almost all um, uh, animals and, and people have four legs, I mean two legs and two arms or four legs, uh, one head, two eyes, uh, one mouth, why there's not more uh, diversity in, uh, in the overall uh, nature? So one of the explanation is that there is a uh, uh, if if you want a template that exists and that's reproduced in other species and as species change that that template remains available. So this notion, if we extend it to um, from uh, uh, areas of reality to the next, so from the psychological to the biological, or from the uh, biological to the physical, these templates can also be seen repeating themselves. And so that could be an interesting way to look at paranormal phenomena, is that the template you have in your mind, in your psychology, in your unconscious about uh, conflicts is repeated in reality and therefore, we, that's what we call uh, psychokinesis. So you're angry and suddenly uh, a glass uh, in your cupboard uh, explodes. So that's an example of morphogenic fields that the same template is repeating itself, but in a completely different field. So your mind and the physical uh, construct of a glass. So this is a, a powerful way to explain how we may have uh, all kinds of events that seems to be repeating the same symbolic content across uh, different things. So the scare of, uh, of, uh, of a war with the Soviet Union, then scare of air attack, and then we see UFOs. Uh, so these are examples of that, that the... the um, the same template is repeated in, in all kinds of instances. So that's, in, in a nutshell, what uh, Sheldrake is talking about. loved his example of um, monkeys on one island um, in northern Japan learning how to wash sand off potatoes, and instantly all the monkeys, even uh, unrelated to the, the group that was uh, being taught by the original a uh, monkey that had the realization that we can wash the sand off our potatoes by dipping them in water, all of a sudden, all the monkeys were able to do that. And that would be an example of uh, some sort of uh, impact or effect um, filtering through the morpho morphogenic field, which, uh, you know, and Sheldrake, uh, unfortunately, has really been beat up over some of his work uh, 
looking at uh, pets, relationships with uh, their owners. You know, I really do admire him as being a very, very creative thinker. Here's a question for you that I, I've been kicking around in my own mind for a while. The role of um, proactive um, UFO investigation. What sort of tips or ideas would you have uh, to go after a hard data monitoring approach, but being open to these type of parasociological impacts? Um, one thing that I've always done is, is, is contend that the experiencer is more important than what they experience and that the entire focus of ufology has been bass backwards, that people should be concerned with looking at the experiencers of these phenomena as opposed to um, you know, trying to get uh, as much nuts and bolts information as possible. There needs to be a blending of the two. How, what sort of suggestions would you have for ufologists uh, who are coming into the field with open, fertile minds uh, and wanting to move forward in a, you know, in a potentially uh, successful way? Uh, well, I agree. I totally agree with you that the experiencers should be number one, and then by a long shot, they should be the long, number one. Practically, essentially, it, it is about uh, try to know them, uh, to, and it takes more time and more meetings. That's that's. There's a practical aspects to it, but so give it a chance to understand where they come from, what's going on in their life. Um, and uh, I mean, within of course respect of their privacy, but this these it's important to see um, how their their preoccupations may have a, had an impact on what's going on. So that's one aspect. And then of course, if there's a group of witnesses, then try to understand what's their dynamics beyond the surface, uh, which again takes time. But they, these are very useful because then we can see if there are unconscious and shared unconscious uh, issues that might have been part of uh, the anomaly they've seen. And then you have to look around uh, in that community. Is there something going on? Uh, and that going on is usually not very visible because it's unconscious. That's uh, definitely seek out and see what's going on. Talk to people, understand what's going on in their lives. And um, the other aspect, of course, is it, this one is maybe uh, more challenging, but it's probably the, the, the one that's most rewarding, is try to figure out if there is any symbolism in the uh, event. So as you can see, neither rain nor snow or a bad flu will keep me from being on the PowerCast. We've been around for about 10 years now. And at the end of February, we'll be entering our 11th year of steady broadcasting, never, ever missing a show. So we're thinking about some kind of 10-year wrap-up show. We're working on that. But next week, we'll have author Whitley Strieber. After all these years, we've managed to get him. And please don't forget to check out the PowerCast Plus at plus.thepowercast.com. Once again, that's the PowerCast Plus at plus.thepowercast.com. We offer the ad-free version of this show. We also offer the After the Powercast podcast exclusive to Powercast Plus members. If you're curious, you want to know what it's all about? Check out plus.thepowercast.com. Go to plus.thepowercast.com. We have Eric Wallet and Gene and Chris. You're in the Powercast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database, so you get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Are you sneezing, coughing, and aching? Do you have a sore throat, a fever, or the sniffles? There's no reason to be sick this cold and flu season with immune system support from Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver can give your body the help it needs to fight off harmful pathogens without hurting beneficial gut flora and without leaving behind resistant bacteria. Antibiotics can damage good microflora and often leave behind bacteria, which can cause problems later on. If you're sick of being sick, try Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver, the number one choice of thousands for a safe and effective way to protect against the many diseases and illnesses that we are facing today. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com, read our customer reviews, and see the life-changing results that people are having. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. Use the promo code PROTECTED for 20% off your entire order. And like us on Facebook, Supernatural Silver. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305.
That's 866-295-5305. HBExtract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so an example of symbolism, Eric Ouellette, explain. Yes, an example uh, is uh, like the example I gave about the two cars in Hamilton. Maybe the, these two groups of people are bound to meet each other, and there was some sort of premonition that to bring them together. So it could be that kind of symbolism, uh, very subtle, but yet powerful. Another example is in my book. There was a lady that saw a, a green light moving in her house in the smoke, and um and yeah, that lady, she, she was, a, and she still is a heavy, heavy smoker. Was it maybe a way for her to be told that maybe she should cut uh, smoking? These are examples that are fairly simple, but you may have some symbolism that's much more complex to decipher. But any data, any piece of, of evidence uh, from the witnesses, from their lives, from their community, from their surrounding that may help to put together what symbolism is behind, this always useful because then we can make a connection in terms of did they actually access information in ways that are not normal. If we can do that, then uh, we definitely have put the finger on on, uh, the core aspect of what's going on. I absolutely agree. Uh, A good example would be um, in the San Luis Valley in South Central Colorado, where I investigated pretty uh, full-time for 10 years, not only would I be out um, investigating uh, reports of the paranormal, UFOs, uh, cattle mutilations, and that sort of thing, but I would, at the same time, be uh, n- noting aberrant uh, social behavior, uh, strange outbreaks of, uh, of fires, uh, you know, unusual amounts of roadkill, strange weather. I would always factor these types of things in, in addition to uh, unexplained military activity. And I think all these things uh, somehow were connected, um, and these these waves of, of events uh, tended to um, be cross-phenomenal. Uh, in other words, um, you know, in one, one case, we had a, a wave of UFO sightings that dovetailed at the same time as the bell curve as the surprise was wearing off and it started to really settle in uh, a series of Bigfoot reports and then you know along with the UFO sightings and then the UFO sightings went along for a while and you had unusual military activity uh, NORAD reporting a something that uh, appeared to be a UFO to witnesses. At the same time this was going on we had um, you know some really strange uh, societal events uh, that were going on. We had one weekend where we had a, a huge mini wave of UFO sightings and a wedding of a popular, very well-to-do family in the valley. Um, you know, was a uh, sister was getting married and her younger sister was the, you know, the bride's head bridesmaid. And at the reception, the younger sister knifed the, the, the bride to death in a fit of rage. And we had 12 unusual fires that broke out. And also animals were getting slaughtered on the roads by cars left and right. I just couldn't help but think that there was a connection there. And I think for investigators who are coming up in this field, you got to have your mind open to other attendant events that may somehow be related 
uh, on some level to the um, the actual more nuts and bolts uh, phenomenal events. No, it's, it's a good way to, to to do that, but it's more labor intensive. So that that's the challenge of this. Well, well, if you really want to do something, the best way to do it is the right way, as far as I'm Absolutely. concerned. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. You know, this is not for the faint of heart, and it's not for people that are wanting to try to do this all in their armchair on their cell phone. You got to get out and you know log some miles and. Uh, Hone your interviewing uh, skills. I think that's very important. Another thing I think that you kind of hinted at before is it's really important to follow up with people. Find out how that experience changed their thinking, if it did, and how that ch- uh, that change of thinking has morphed into a more refined sort of belief system around these events. And then check back with them f- periodically and find out if, if there have been any other follow-up events Oftentimes, people that have an unusual event and it gets notoriety, they won't report those events for fear of the glare of publicity and and being stigmatized by, oh, that's the person that is always seeing uh, this or always experiencing that. So oftentimes, the only way you're going to find out if a person is having more events occur around them is to go and, and at least establish a relationship with them and, and, uh, and you know, do some follow-up. And uh, that's not something that you see in the MUFON model. People go out, they get the information, they're gone. And, uh, you know, out of, <laughs> out of dodge, end of report. And that's not the way to do it. And uh, I think, Eric, you'll, you'll agree with that. Absolutely. I agree with you that it's important to keep in touch with people afterward. If only is to see if their event had maybe some uh, premonition value, so you can at least check that. But furthermore, it's for one, respect for people, because if they open up to you, then sometimes it's good for them to give back, you know, some feedback. And so that's one thing. The other thing is uh, uh, definitely people may be changed by an event and create further events. Well, as far as I'm concerned, this is the same case. It's just it continues over time. I agree with you that people who are only looking for the piece of metal in the sky and therefore people are not that important, I, it's, it's very insulting, uh, I think, for uh, the witnesses. And uh, at least on ethical grounds, it's not acceptable from, from my perspective. So, yes, absolutely. Keep in touch with people and try to see what's going on in their life. And if, if it continues to happen, then the, clay, the case is not closed. It's still going on. Okay. I have another question here from our question bank where our listeners are able to post questions for our guests. And, uh, again, this comes from Ravensfee, who's been a member of the Paracast uh, going on nine months now. And she always shows up with really good questions. And here's a good one. Your ideas are very different from those of the vast majority of people talking about UFOs today, who on the whole are firmly in the ETH camp, as we've discussed. How has your book and your theories been received so far? Uh, Well, the book has been received uh, as expected. So people who are open-minded to other explanations loved it. People are uh, very much uh, welded to the ETH, hated it. So... Uh, so far, it went as expected. Is there any hope that we'll actually be able to move to a final answer? Because you're giving us something here that a lot of people don't agree with. We find a lot of merit in what you're saying, but obviously a lot of people do not. 
Well, I would suggest that uh, we keep doing that. But given that if we have an explanation that covers all kinds of paranormal phenomena, not just UFO, that's where the strength of those approaches are. So eventually, UFO, ghosts, poltergeist will be explained uh, with the same kind of models. Then we have a lot of strengths. And then I think the younger people will be more interested in that. And the older one, well, they will leave with their old ideas. <laughs> a unified field theory. I love it. The book is Illuminations, the UFO Experience as a Parapsychological Event. Eric, do you have a website or someplace where you can get more information about what you do? I do. I have a website. It's called uh, Parasociology. Easy to find. It's the only thing on the planet with that name. I, I post uh, new ideas constantly uh, and updates, and I will mention this postcast as well. So, uh, yes, definitely there's a lot of stuff there. Please uh, enjoy it as much as you can. Bookmark it, folks. Bookmark it. Parasociology. That's correct. We'll also have a link on our site. I want to tell you, folks, that you can also get the ad-free version of our show, the After the Powercast podcast, and lots of good stuff, show transcripts, first video is up, and more to come. Check out the Powercast Plus, and here's what you do. You go to plus.thepowercast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot thepowercast.com. We charge a low monthly, annual, five-year, and even a lifetime subscription rate. I mean, yes, I have a flu virus today, but I will be around for quite a few years yet. The Powercast has been here for 10 years, and we're definitely anticipating 20 and more. So that's going to be interesting. Check out plus.thepowercast.com. That's plus.thepowercast.com. And we hope you'll subscribe, and we hope you'll enjoy what we have to offer. Just getting the ad-free version of the show is enough. After the Powercast contains color commentary. It also contains wrap-ups. It also contains occasional interviews. Sometimes we even continue sessions from the Powercast. That's plus.thepowercast.com. TheParacast.com. Eric Wellett, so much fascinating stuff to consider. Thanks for joining us on The Paracast. Thank you very much, and I love the show. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>